0: we all got that voice in our head that tells us we can't do stuff, but some people are just better at not listening to it. And by sitting down with those people, asking them questions, and then you know, recording it and blasting it out on the internet, perhaps, maybe, I can help other people like me get out of our own way. Hey guys, welcome back to Closure Optional. This week, I have a guest for you. Uh, And I unfortunately don't have my studio anymore, so I'm sorry about the noise in the background. We had to film it out, film it, record it out there in the world. So uh, I've I've done, I think, a pretty good job with it, hopefully. But let me know if it's too obnoxious to hear, and I will um, try and re-edit it and bring it back out again. But... this week I'm talking to Jenny Hallam. She is a cannabis activist in Australia and, uh, what you would call, I suppose, a compassionate supplier. That's probably what she's best known for. And that is, uh, about five years ago, she started healing herself. She had, um, chronic pain from a dead nerve in her shoulder. Um, She started treating her pain with cannabis oils that were given to her by somebody who knew what they were doing and then over time she learned how to make it herself and was getting such good benefits off it was able to get off of her uh, opiate based painkillers and other pharmaceutical meds and was able to just uh, treat herself for basically very little money or almost free. And the more benefit she was getting out of it, the more she was telling other people about it, and other people were noticing the benefits. so then the word spread, she started helping other people, and then eventually it kind of got out of control. She set up at one point she had a, like over a thousand people on a waiting list trying to get oil from her and during the process, because she had just been she had been getting the product for free herself, uh, the weed, she was just cooking it down and then giving it away to other people. Um, In the end, of course, because uh, weed's illegal in Australia, the cops did raid her house, uh, took everything away, and then she went into a three-year court battle with them about the charges. It was a confusing situation because she was helping people, uh, and she was doing it for free, and uh, there were people that were getting better by using this oil. Um, She did a combination of different kinds of oils, and we talk about that a little bit uh, during the podcast. And uh, so... it's a confusing situation the good news about it is even though it was kind of a fucked thing for anyone to be drugged through the courts dragged dragged through the courts for three years the good news about it was that uh it dragged a lot of media attention to the potential benefits of legalizing cannabis in australia and fucking everywhere so it brought a lot of attention to it there is Still now good debates going on about it. Uh, Canberra's just legalized cannabis for personal use in uh, the ACT, which is a wonderful thing. Um, so there's a lot of good shit going on at the moment. And a lot of it, unfortunately, has to ha- is because of the exposure that Jenny had while she was doing this uh, court case. It's it's a shit thing and people have to go through shit stuff to be able to bring light to something good. But at the end of the day, the courts looked pretty favorably on her because she wasn't making any money out of the process. Uh, she wasn't charging people for the medicine. She was helping people and there is real tangible benefits to the stuff that she was doing. So this is a cool conversation about kind of how that process went for her, what she was specifically the kind of things that she was treating and helping people with some of the benefits that she saw from it and some of the, blocks she thinks that are in the way of us getting cannabis legalized in australia hope you enjoy the conversation if you want to hear more from jenny you can follow her on instagram or uh facebook at jenny hallam Uh, and instagram it's jenny underscore hallam h-a-l-l-a-m but i'll have the links to all that on my website if you like this episode or any episode please share it with your friends tell everybody you know about it and uh yeah thanks for listening talk to you again soon
1: Hi Jenny. Hi. How are you doing, <laughs> Good to see you.
0: It's really good to see you. I'm glad you're up here.
1: I am too. It's it's nice and warm up here. And yeah, you only lost one car. I've only lost one car. Yeah, <laughs> just one.
0: <laughs> that was so crazy. The floods came, only flooded this place and your whole car just flew away, just drifted well, down the it road.
1: Well, was, it was parked at the front and, um, and we're in the low point of the road. And so when it poured, it just literally made a little lake out the front. And so when I came out in the morning, it had gone. And so I just walked out there and my car's just sitting there like normal. And I'm just thinking it's a bit weird. And <laughs> open up the door. And we would the, the house had flooded. So it was like, oh, shit, oh, shit. And then my mate said to me, oh, but what about your car? And I turned around and looked at my car. And I thought, no, nah, he looks all right, because I call him Kevin. Kevin's <laughs> my, my, my <laughs> Kevin. Kia Kevin. And I was like, no, Ke- no, Kevin looks all right. And then I saw on the side of his doors, it, like you can see, like, where stuff's been left. You yeah. know, like, um, um, like... And grass and stuff like that, so you can see the water level's been up there. And I thought, oh gee, that got a bit high up the side. Oh, I better have a look. So I went running over opened the door up and i opened the door up and water just rushed out the door <laughs> and i what? went oh shit and um and most of my stuff was still in it because i just parked at the front i was only just overnight i just bought an overnight bag in oh damn it. so a lot of my stuff was still in it so um Whoops. yeah so i lost a bit of stuff and i lost kevin and they said when they actually checked it and everything they said that the water actually came out to the window sills so Fuck. Wow. it got really high out there but and so afterwards because there's security cameras so afterwards we went through the cameras and looked at it and went holy shit
0: <laughs> and so, so i've got
1: i've got a still photo of it just sitting out there and it just looks like it looks like we've driven down into like the floods yeah and like and so my ex-husband messaged me and said what did you drive into it for you twit, you know something like paying me out something and I said I didn't drive into it I was parked there and he sort of went holy shit you know because then (laughs) you so then you look at the photo again and you realize oh no we haven't driven into it that's just that's the side of the road and there is no road anymore. It's just a massive lake. Wow! And then, and then it wouldn't have been so bad. But then some arsehole decided he, it, with a four wheel drive, decided he was going to come through it. And so he came screaming through the water and just made a, a wave that just went right over the whole bonnet of the car, and <gasps> that just completely stuffed it. So if he hadn't done that, it might have been it's
0: a little bit salvageable.
1: Though. But even so, so. yeah. Oh,
0: wow. But luckily,
1: I was insured, so that's all covered. And so yeah,
0: that's good. It's,
1: and and it was really it was really funny actually because um, I'm the sort of person that when something really bad happens um it's like I think to myself why well, look back and laugh we might as well just laugh now so I'm at the front like wringing everything out of my car just yeah. pissing myself up and just like laughing <laughs> it's just my ludicrous. head off yeah, yeah it's so and it's just like yeah the way that the universe has worked lately it's just like like I was only going to stay here for like a night and then um the universe decided, no, it wants me to stay here a little bit longer. And, and because of that, then other things have happened. And mm. you sort of just realise that the universe sometimes just leads us to where we need to be. Yeah. And sometimes it has to be a little bit violent about that. And, you know, if we decide, oh, we're not going to do that, then sometimes it has to force us to do things. And sometimes there's yeah, pretty amazing things that it does. But, yeah, so you just have to go with it.
0: Yeah, adaptability, man. Like, I talk about this with um, hardcore music. I grew up listening to punk and hardcore music. Mm. And I, uh,
1: a lot of people are like, fuck, how
0: can you even listen to that? And I'm like, there is... Something incredible about the chaos of all that noise all at once. If you can yep. tap into the underlying rhythm and in the inside of it, yep. and the message, yeah, and there's something like there's something really fucking amazing about mm. musicians going as hard as they can yeah. in a billion different directions and then coming together yeah. in one kind of. I used to be a rock way. chick.
1: I was a singer. I pro- yeah, I was oh, yeah, a professional yeah, yeah. singer yeah, yeah. when I was younger, and so I was a rock chick when I was younger. So yeah, I. I totally get it. It's know? like
0: it's like being in the ocean. It's like either you can on a stormy day you can be in the ocean and you can just be getting battered around and sucking for life and stressing about it, or you can be like I'm fucking in the ocean and yeah. it's chaos and just
1: bobbing around in there. Yeah, and you know? if you and just relax, with it.
0: yeah, relax your body and roll with yeah. it, you get a lot better. And that's, I think that's life. And really. I
1: found this. That's what's happened with this whole experience that I've been through. The whole yeah. court case and everything. It was like at first I was fighting it, and it was like you know I was just so angry about everything. And then towards the end I just realized I've just got to go with this and. Yeah. You know, because just the weirdest shit was happening just to, to stop it, to slow it down and stuff like that. Like, um, my, you know, there were different, you know, things that put it off. But at one point, my um, solicitor's husband had a heart attack and died. Just, oh, my God. Just died on the spot, just dropped dead one oh morning. And fuck. this was, like, a few days before my sentencing was due to go ahead. And so it couldn't go ahead again. So that was put off another um, two months or something, three months or something. So, um, yeah, it's just been the weirdest shit has happened like and you just sort of think, well, you know, there's no point arguing with it. You just got to go with it. You yeah. Know? And there's obviously a reason for everything. So, and the longer, I mean, like I sort said, of, everyone was just saying they wished it had been over earlier. But if it'd been over earlier, it wouldn't have been in the media as long. And and but mm. the whole time it was going through the, like I was going through court, it was like constantly in the media and it was constantly getting brought. Every time I went to court, it would go come up again and everyone would be talking about it again. And mm. So you know that was the one good thing about it. It just kept everyone talking about. It. And and the best thing was like a lot of the articles that were done, a lot of the stories that were done, they weren't really talking about me. Like, they'd mention this is what's happening and this is the court case, but then they would go on and say... But it's about access and, like, people can't get access yes. and, you know, this. And so they would talk about the issues associated. It wasn't just talking about me. Yeah. And so that's what I liked about it. It wasn't just all about me because I didn't – I've never liked the attention.
0: No. Well, and because it defeats the p- purpose, obviously, and the more it goes about you, then the more it becomes about personal mm-hmm. shit. And then – and it's like, no, the whole fucking thing is about how do we get sick people better. Yeah. It's all I about the plant. That's it's working. all about yeah. the plant. And
1: that's what we need to – like, all these oil makers are out there saying that I've healed, I've healed someone or I've cured someone something no cannabis has, has cured yeah. them and that's what I keep saying when people say oh you know you're you're a hero it's like no I'm not I'm just a very angry woman that figured out how to cure people with cannabis yeah. you know and how to help people with cannabis and and so that's that's all there is to it you know I'm not special there's a lot of people out there that are just like me doing exactly the same thing I'm just a little bit louder And that's because of what I've been put through. Like, I've seen Mm. some pretty shit things. I've seen, you know, the government do some pretty bad things. And I've seen and heard of some horrific medical stories that people are telling me. Like, you know, that's one Mm. of the things that um, is probably the hardest out of all of this is the more attention I get, the Mm. more people then contact me. And they don't just contact me and say, hi, how are you going? Usually the first message they send me is a, a breakdown of their medical problem. And some of the some people in this country are going through the most horrific things and being treated so badly by their medical practitioners and, and the government in general. Mm. Um, and so some of the stories I'm hearing are just horrific and it's really hard to hear because the first thing I want to do is say, OK, I can help you Yeah. and I can't anymore. No. You know, I can't. I'm on a two-year bond. If I was to do anything like that now, I go straight to jail, directly to jail, don't post pass, pass go, don't collect $200, you know. Yeah. It's like... And so I just have to be really careful with what I do for the next two years. And as much as I would love to keep healing everybody... I physically can't provide people with oil themselves. So that's why I'm just pushing even more, teaching people. Yeah, teaching people, talking about it, And showing how easy it is to make it. Like, that was one of the misconceptions when I first started was that it was hard to make,
0: you mm -hmm. know, and so
1: a lot of the oil makers had a bit of a... um, you know corner on the market because they had told everyone it was so difficult to make they were all too scared to try it you know they thought it was going to blow up or something like that you know yeah. so they were all scared so when I came along one of the first things I would do with people was I would teach them so um what I would do is I would help somebody and so I would give them the oil help them get better a little bit because a lot of time people couldn't do much when they were sick
0: and sorry you were giving them oil for free right yeah, there's definitely no, money yeah. being... no I
1: never charged anybody yeah that's good yeah I spent quite a lot of money doing it yeah fuck I bet um, um, but, yeah, so I would give them the oil to start off with, help them get better, show them how it works, because a lot of the time you had to prove to people first before they were willing to take a risk themselves. Sure. But then once they saw themselves, the, the, what it was doing for them, then I would teach them to make it themselves. Mm. And so they would then go on to be able to make it enough to be able to keep themselves looked after. Yeah. And, so, and that was the best thing, because, like... Um, because when I got raided, I'd, I'd had helped about 200 people, but I was only actively helping about 70 of them because a lot of the 200 that I'd helped, I'd got them better and then showed them how to make the oil and then they were off now doing it themselves and I didn't need to help them anymore. Mm. And so that was the process that I would go through. So Because that's how I did it. It was like I learned how to make it myself. Um, you know, at first I sort of, you know, was just using cannabis, just smoking cannabis, and that was enough to help. Um, and then I heard about other people making it, and then a couple of people tried making it for me. Um, and then I found out it probably wasn't the best or cleanest method that they were using. So yeah. that's when I realised, okay, I've just got to do this myself. So, and I was scared at first, because I'd been told it was so hard. Um, but then, when I realised how easy it was, it was like, this is ridiculous. Like, they'd be lying to us all this time just to get us buying their products wow. when we could just be making our own. So, what, what were you, what did you have? Like, when did you start taking it? What for? Um, okay, so um, I've got chronic body wide pain, a nerve damage, uh, fibromyalgia, and oh. a thing called trigeminal neuralgia, which is a face, a nerve damage in the face. And that's, they also call that the suicide disease because it's one of the worst pains that's known to man. Oh, what's and, it caused by? Um, it's nerve damage. And we don't really know. So, well, mine was from a car accident. So I had a car accident when I was 20, had a whiplash injury, um, started off just my neck, and I had a nerve trapped in my shoulder. But the doctors just thought I was faking it and Mm -hmm. didn't take me seriously, so sent me straight back to work. And I worked at a family business, so I worked very hard. And so after about three months, I just collapsed. So the pain was always there. The pain wouldn't go away. Mm -hmm. And I had a constant headache. And I knew there was something wrong, but no one would believe me. So you just... Can't do anything about it. You just put up with it. So I just kept working, working, and then after about three months, I just collapsed at work and um, in, ended up in a heap on the ground. They rushed me to at the time because it was through work. Um, we had these um, workers' clinics, so they weren't actual doctor surgery. It was a, a clinic where basically all the different because um, it was an industrial area, so all the different um, factories and stuff like that all sent their people to this one place. So it was a work cover. Like clinics oh, yeah, sort of okay. thing, so everyone got sent there. So that was where I got sent the first time because mine was a car accident during work. So I was doing um, sales and that through my family business. Had the car accident, got re ended wasn't my fault. So I went to this workers' clinic sort of thing. They acted like you know. I was just imagining it and mm. all that sort of shit sent me away. So after I collapsed, I went back and I saw a different doctor. And I saw a guy called Jeffrey Wong. And he ended up being my doctor until just last year. Mm. Um, and so he looked at me and said, nah, there's something wrong here. Um, Realised there was a nerve trap in the shoulder, put me in traction. Like, they got the nerve out, but it, it was too late. So for three months of being compressed, it had just killed it. Wow. So once you kill a nerve, especially where it was in my shoulder, <clears throat> it then travels very quickly. So I had just pain to start off with in my neck and my shoulder blades and just down my back a little bit. But then Mm. um, within six months, it had travelled down to my arms. Um, Within another year, it was down into my legs. Um, And then I was just getting to the point where my whole right side, because the right side seemed to be worse because it was on the right side that it was trapped, that side would just just go completely paralysed. So I'd just be standing there or just doing something and no warning whatsoever, just my whole right side would just go dead and I would just fall on the ground. and I did it many times when it really was really bad one time I was riding a horse I had a horse I rescued animals um, and I had rescued this horse and I was riding this horse because like the doctors would get mad at me other doctors and the specialists and that would get mad at me for doing it because they sort of say you know you're going to damage yourself more and stuff like that but I wouldn't ever go hard at it sort of thing but I tried to explain to them: if I can't do any of the things that I enjoy in my life, I might as well be dead. Yeah. And mentally, what's the point of living? Mentally, mentally, yeah. it was screwing me up. So every now and then, I would go for a ride on my horse, and that would like mentally stimulate me and sort of keep me going for a little while. But it just happened to be one of those times that I was riding my horse that it gave way, and so I sort of fell off of him, and um, and so it wasn't I, I wasn't living a uh, like a do- a normal life. So um, that was when I was 20. So between the ages of Probably about twenty, what, 21, I started getting worse and worse. 22, I started getting worse and worse. And then I had another accident, got rear-ended again. I've had six car accidents now that weren't my fault. Jesus Christ. So I've been rear-ended three times while stationary, hit from the side, hit from the front. And the worst one, I've had a 40-foot pine tree drop on top of my car while I was driving along in a storm. <laughs> I should have died in that one. What the, the hell? The weirdest shit happened. And I probably should have died because, like, it... Sh- you just how fucking random is that? Just having a tree fall on you? Yeah, name? on the way to my grandfather's funeral on Halloween. Ew,
0: and it was what really weird. Fuck? I had a dream
1: the night before I was going to be at his funeral in a wheelchair, and the time that the funeral started, I was being wheeled out of X-ray in a wheelchair.
0: Oh, that's creepy. But it gets even, what is that shit? But it gets
1: even creepier because he saved my life in the car. Because um, when the tree was falling, my grandfather, the dead one, <laughs> screamed at me, "Get in the other lane and jam on the brakes." And I just did it because I always did what I was told because I was a good little girl. So I did it. I swerved instantly, tried to hit the brakes. And the next thing you know, the tree starts falling. And just before it connects with me, my seat, because I'm really short, so I sit right as fl- close as you can to the front, so I think. My seat just unclicked, flew backwards and clicked in again, which is impossible what for that to happen. What the fuck? So when the tree smashed in the windscreen, if I'd been sitting right up close, it would have smashed my face in. Yeah. But because it pushed my seat all the way back, the, the windscreen didn't hit my face. And because I'd got on the other side of the road, like veered on the other side of the road, like you told me, the top part of the tree hit me, not the bottom. So it was a pine tree. So the bottom... Um, Branches were long and spiky, and they would have come straight through the windscreen and just skewered me. But because I was on the other side of the road, the top part of the tree hit me. It was all the soft stuff up the top, and it just it just smashed the windscreen in. But it still would have smashed my face in where I was sitting, because when I went back, I had to go and get my stuff out of my car a couple of weeks later. And so I went in the car and I got in it and sat in it and pushed my seat back to where I normally because I couldn't understand it. Like I couldn't understand how my seat had gone back. And I thought, nah, it's just my imagination. I thought afterwards it must have been the emergency services pushing it down when they were getting me out of the car and that because they had to like get me out of the car. So um, um, so I thought maybe they'd just done it then. So I, I thought, I've got to find this out for myself. So I went back, got my stuff out, got in the front seat and just pushed all the way forward and I couldn't because my face would have hit the windscreen. Oh, so,
0: my God. Yeah,
1: so that was the freakiest thing that happened that day. And it was really weird because all my That's childhood... Amazing. All my childhood, I thought I was going to die young. I could never, ever see myself as, an, like, an older person. And then from that moment after that accident, that all changed and I started seeing a future. Like, I started seeing myself wow. older and, like, I could mentally see myself... It was just the weirdest thing. Fuck. Um, and that's when I realised I'm a bit psychic as well. So, yeah. yeah. Well,
0: I've I've spoken to people about that, and they say that like we all it's in our in the human have nature we've all got it there are certain things that can help like kind of kick you into that
1: gear most people are scared of it that's what holds most people back yeah. they're scared of it so because yeah, they're scared of it, it and because we don't understand it we yeah. don't let it out but we all had it like when we were cavemen and we used to grunt each other that was because we used to communicate with our minds and mm. then as we progressed we, we learned how to speak and that was the new rage and so everyone was talking and nobody just yeah. used their minds anymore so that was the thing that ended up getting forgotten damn so but it's still there we can yeah. use it and it's still it's still very helpful. But um and that's one like, cause like there's one thing that people say to me, well if you're psychic, how can how come you didn't see all this coming? <laughs> and it's not like, because they don't show you your own stuff. Yeah, you know, they, they might give you tiny little glimpses of it, but they don't ever show you everything that's gonna happen. Like you can ask any psychic, you know, if they can see their future and they're like, nah. <laughs> yeah. nah. Because if we could see all our future, we would adjust our behaviour accordingly. And that's not what the universe wants. The universe wants us to learn lessons.
0: That's what it feels like to me. It's like there's this weird uh yeah, it's like, well, and I think about it from a psychological perspective. I was just talking about this in the last week's podcast, but the idea that, you know, like we only are aware of what our perspective is of every every single yeah. situation all the time. So our programming inside our head is going to dictate how we experience every single situation all the yeah. time. So if that's the case, if that's real, then every fucking thing that's going on in our life, everything, is there because we're looking for it. Yep. Yeah. Even if it's the shittest thing in the world. We manifest
1: so much in our lives just by thinking about it. Yeah, well, and
0: it's like if something's there, it's there because you're looking for it. Mm -hmm. And it's your choice to either be a victim of it and be stressed and be, oh, poor me or whatever. Or get get buried in the pain of it or get buried in the fucking chaos of Mm -hmm. it. Or be like, all right, what's the lesson? Or Or like you were saying, laugh about it in that
1: moment. Be like, all right, this is happening. Yeah. Not my control. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, most people don't understand that it's the bad shit that happens to them Mm. that creates their personality, that shapes them and moulds them to being the amazing person that they are. Mm. The good shit is just here to keep us going so we don't blow our brains out because of (laughs) all the bad shit. Do you know what I mean? But the majority of life is the hard stuff yeah. That's that's shaping us to be really good people, and you can see, you can look at some people that have had a really shit easy life that have had no bad stuff, and they're asshole people. Mm. They have no character, no, perspective, no yeah. perspective. They're just not very nice people because they haven't suffered, they haven't been through. Yeah. So when you take somebody who's suffered and been through a shitload, you can usually see that that person is more rounded and a better person because of it. Even though you know they might be scarred, mm. but they're still still the person that they are the, yeah. the shining being that they are is still much better than it would have been
0: yeah sure yeah I definitely see that I mean I've
1: been through a lot of shit in my life and and I like I just wish I hadn't have gone through a lot of that stuff but I know that if I hadn't have I wouldn't be the person that I am Yeah. you know if I hadn't gone through all the pain and the horrific shit I went through like with the government with getting treated like they because I was on morphine for 15 years oh yeah that's um, right we were
0: talking about yeah, yeah. we were talking Sorry, about that. go back to that yeah so <laughs> I was on
1: morphine for 15 years and um and and all the other drugs they were shoving into me like I would get shots of pethidine in the leg and um because the pain was just excruciating like my pain was so bad I would literally be screaming oh like God. screaming in agony and there was nothing you could do about it so for the first 10 years I'd be sort of screaming and then the next 10 years after that it'd be sort of like just sobbing and moaning <laughs> and then since then it's just Ten been years. like then it's just been like you know you just like cause after it's been 20 years now so now i've got to the point where especially since the cannabis as well it's just i'm able to just like cope with it now and the other that's what i'd like to explain to people with chronic pain as well is it does get easier yeah. like it's really intense at first but your brain just adapts to it and so mm-hmm. after a while you're still probably in the same amount of pain but you don't feel it like you did mm-hmm. you know you're able to, to just put up with it and so when I first first started using the cannabis oil um and I was coming off all the opiates so when I was, I was coming off morphine and um you know like all the like morphine endone, lyrica um antidepressants so I, there were five different major drugs that I was on that I went off um as soon as I started using the cannabis oil And um, and I did them all at once, and my doctor lost his mind. I was supposed to be doing one at a time, but it was like as soon as I started doing one, and it was like easy. I just thought, nah, fuck it. The rest of these are going too. And then I'm just so glad I did because I did it all in five months, all five drugs in five months. And after that, I felt amazing. And my doctor was scared shitless, like he thought, because he'd never seen anybody do that before. And so he was just like really having a go at me, like Jen, you can't do this. Because at first, like I said, he thought I was just going off the morphine. He didn't realise I was doing them all at the same time. So, and so one day he said to me, he was like, look, he was just scrolling through the, because he had to. my morphine script again and so he was scrolling through and he was looking at and he's looking at it and then he looks at me and then he looks back at the screen and then he looks at me again and like really looking into the eyes sort of thing he goes jenny he goes you're not going off all of your drugs are you and i went um and he goes jenny and um or actually jennifer (laughs) (laughs) um and um and i sort of went ah you know and he goes well how you feeling i said i feel great I feel wow. great, you know. I had a little bit of the restless legs, which is a withdrawal With symptom draw, from coming for opiates off opiates.
0: Yeah, so yeah. I, I was had a bit ask, of the restless you legs. Have an
1: opiate withdrawal. Um, mood just swings. the restless legs was probably the worst of it. Okay. Um, well, I think, good. and so the rest of it was pretty good. Um, my stomach was absolutely ruined from all the opiates. Like, my stomach was so bad. I would get sick so easily that I could hardly eat anything. I was only eating small little portions of food and stuff like that. After the cannabis oil, my stomach's almost better now. Like, yeah. it's just incredible, like, how much better it is now. Um, same with, um, I had... Um, I had another issue as well that's completely clear. Thyroid. I had a problem with my thyroid. Oh, so I was yeah, on thyroid course. medication yeah, as well. On. Fixed that as well. Completely fixed that. Wow. So I went off the thyroid medication. And oh, he was my like. my
0: mum's on that at the moment, I yeah, didn't realise. Yeah, completely
1: it. went off the thyroid medication yeah. as well. And he was like losing his mind. Um, and so every time I would get off a medication or I would fix something of my own, you know, he'd go back and be like, You haven't got this anymore. I was like, What? Um, and then I had a, a cancer, like his cancer. It was just pre cancer, just before a cancer. Um, but we managed to get that in time and that was all fine and, and dandy and stuff like that. And so I've just been getting better and better better and better and my doctor's just been witnessing that and then one of the final things was um, I had I got some burns um, I won't say how I got the burns but I got some burns <laughs> and um, and I was they he thought I was gonna lose my finger because I'd actually burnt this whole section of my f- top of my finger off it was down to the bone and so he mm. thought I was gonna lose my finger and I said look just let me just let me do my thing and um, so after a couple of weeks he looked at it again and he goes oh, you're not going to lose your finger, that's incredible, all right, but you're still going to need skin grafts. And I said, just let me do my thing.
0: And What so were you doing to
1: it? I was using coconut oil. Putting coconut oil yeah, on Yeah, the coconut the... oil on my scars. Wow. And on the burns. Um, and I just said, let me do my thing. And so he said, all right, all right. And then the day he retired, he actually retired the day that I was supposed to go and have my sentencing because he would have lost his job if he'd testified for me. No, no. because the things he had to say for me, he wasn't being supported by the, the clinic. They didn't agree with cannabis and stuff like that. So to, to support me, he would have lost his job. So he basically um, arranged to retire the day of my sentencing. Oh, but at the last minute, it got put off. So instead, that was the day he wrote the report that would end up getting used in my sentencing. But he, could, he ended up not being able to actually testify for me. But he wrote that report that day. And when he wrote that report, that was the last day I saw him. And I went in and saw him... Um, And I showed him my finger again Mm. and he just, like, freaked out and he grabbed me by my finger, like, he grabbed me like that by my finger and was dragging me around to the other health professionals in there and the nurses and that saying, see, this is what cannabis oil does, see, this is what cannabis oil does. And he was just losing his mind and he was saying to me, you've got to go to the Burns Clinic, like, you've got to go to the Burns Clinic and talk to these people because you can help so many people. And Mm. I said, I would love to, but they won't listen to me Mm.
0: because I'm not
1: a doctor. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's what
1: it all came down to. It's like... Um, so I made myself better. And then, um, and I, I, had, cause when you make the oil, when I, when I was making it, I had, I was getting the cannabis given to me. So I had plenty of cannabis to use. And so I was making a lot of oil and I had a lot left over. So there was,
0: were you using, um, bud as well as the leaves?
1: I or? use, I use a mix of bud and trim. Okay. So it's the, the, all the top stuff off the top of the plant. So the really, the, like the head leaf, um, and the head, the, the head stalks and stuff like the little sort of stuff from the, the head. Um, and, um. And just a little bit of the trim. So, because um, at the time, I sort of was just doing it for myself. So I sort of thought, you know. And everyone was saying just use buds. But I had all of this trim stuff because it was just given to me. So I had all this trim stuff. I'm just going to try it. So I tried it. And it was like it wasn't as strong as if you use all buds but it was definitely good enough Mm. you know it was good enough um so that was what I was using for myself to start off with and and like I said I had so much left over like so Mm. much of it left over and so just a couple of people would say oh like like you look amazing like what are you doing like and I was like I'm just I'm trying this cannabis oil and I would (laughs) whisper it and you know and sort of like didn't really want to tell people about it and they'd be like wow can I try something it's like yeah but it's illegal it's like I don't care you know I'm sick as a dog I'm willing to try anything now so I'd share a little bit around and and then word spread. And that's how it all started at the beginning it was just word of mouth it was just people seeing me and seeing me look better and just saying can I can I try some and me just being you know the way I am and just like yeah here try a bit try a bit Mm, giving it away for free sort of thing and then it snowballed and so it just went out of control and then I was spending like literally I spent probably they they know for sure that I spent 20 grand on it because that's how much was in the bank that just disappeared but it's probably more up the 40 50 grand by the time you add everything together um and um but I couldn't stop. It was like, once I saw what it was doing, once I saw... Because then, you know, the parents... Like, once my reputation sort of started spreading around about the community, more people would come to me. And so then I started getting all the kids, all the epilepsy kids and the cancer kids and all that sort of stuff. Oh, and, fuck. And that really fucked with my head because it was like, how do you say no to them? Yeah, you know? sure, sure. How do you say no? And so it got to the point where towards the end when I got raided, I had like a 1,000 people on a waiting list like people fighting over it and like getting shitty at me because I wouldn't because I wouldn't give it to them you know it was like oh you're You're helping other people why don't you help me and you know and it got to the point where I was like I was having to pick and choose like so the older people if they were like older and they were palliative care and they were at the end of their life it was like I'm sorry but I've got kids I've got to try and give a life to you know they've never lived a life I've got to try and focus on the ones that but the older people just get shitty at me and their family members would get shitty at me and it's like oh they're not good enough and you know and it's just like no, it's not that. It's yeah. like they've lived a whole lifetime. Let's let these little kids that have never even had a chance to live get a chance, you know, mm. and not be sick all their life. You know, you didn't get sick until the end of your life. You know, let these kids have a fucking good life like you've just had. Don't be so fucking selfish, you know. But that's but what But, I mean, that's like.
0: desperation, yeah. Was, and, and love, You know, and it's like people, every individual family, every individual person, they've got yep. a thing. And, and they want so them there as stupid. long as
1: possible, and I can yeah. understand that. You know, they want them there as long as possible. And like I said, I get that, but it's It's ridiculous
0: it's that we're not letting this be a thing that people can have access to mm. it's so fucking crazy it is like that you have that much demand you know what I mean like you're a I was person insane. in your like, house it was
1: insane like I was I was playing God at one point like wow. really playing God because I was picking and choosing who was living and dying that's so scary and it fucked me up like I I'm bet. still fucked like I'm people sort of ask, ask me how I am now um, I'm I'm dead I'm dead inside, I don't feel anything, I'm completely broken. And it's not because of the government and what they did, it's from watching all the people die. Like, I've been to so many kids' funerals, like, I've been to more kids' funerals than anybody should ever have to go to. Fuck. You know, I've seen more kids die just out of parents being scared than anybody should ever see. Do you know what I mean? It's like, um, when I got raided, all these parents just freaked the fuck out and just stopped giving it to their kids. Oh, no. Like, because they thought they might get raided next or something like that. And their kids just died. Oh, that's fucked. And it was like, hang on a minute, you're scared of having your child taken away from you so you're going to stop giving it to him. And they die. It's like, wouldn't it been better if you stopped giving it to them? They get taken away from you until you can get them back, sort of thing. And at least you get them back. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. once they're dead, they're dead. Do you know, you can't get them back. But that's what happened. Parents just got so scared, and I can't blame them. I can't yeah, blame them. Yeah, you
0: can't. Of course, but then
1: afterwards, once you know, after the child had died, they would come back to me and go, Fuck, "Why? Why did we do that? Why did we do that? We should have just kept fighting." And it's like, well, you know, you can't. And you can't really predict how you're going to react when you're scared. That is a real yeah.
0: problem. And everybody, yeah, when you're in desperate mode, when you're in fear mode, there's not much you can do. But
1: that's what makes me so angry about the government is the fact that they yeah. let them be like that sure. like at the beginning when i first got raided we were calling for an amnesty like just give everybody an amnesty the ones that are using it for medical reasons they can prove they're using it especially the kids just give them an amnesty just mm. n- let them not have to worry about being arrested and they refused they kept telling us we can't we can't give you an amnesty we can't give you an amnesty we kept saying why you did a fucking gun amnesty for god's sake yeah. and you let people pass their guns back but you won't give us a cannabis amnesty when people are fucking dying right And so that's when we realised, okay, there's something going on here. Sure. It's not about making people better. It Mm. was about protecting Big Pharma. And that's when we started finding out that they were making political donations and, you know, that Big Pharma was making political donations to both sides. So it didn't matter who we went to, whether it was Labor or Liberal, they were all being arseholes. And we couldn't understand at first why. We thought, hang on, if you're in opposition, surely you would try and fight against them. And, but they weren't. When it came to the cannabis, they would do with everything else, except for the cannabis stuff. Hmm. And we couldn't. at first we couldn't figure it out. It was like, why is this? And you know, and then we realised, no, nah, they're all just getting... They're both parties, um, pharmaceutical companies and also um, alcohol companies, donate masses of money to both political parties so that both political parties will... Do, they're just hedging their bets. So whoever's in they know that they'll do as they're told. Oh, my God. And 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 first, this was all conspiracy theories, and people kept saying, us, oh, it's just conspiracy theories. Don't be stupid. That could never happen. And then I think it was the Sydney Morning Herald or one of those big newspapers actually found out it was true and yeah. did an expose and released it and said, yes, they are making denotions to both polit- political parties. Well, and it's definitely the case in the US, and they exposed mm. a bunch of that. Like, when they legalised
0: yeah. cannabis in, the, in Colorado, they were like, look at the state of this. Like, it's, it's yeah. now con- absolute common knowledge that yeah. big alcohol, big tobacco, all are of Are them- stopping
1: everything, yeah. And it's
0: like... The, and this is the whole fucking, the creepiest thing about the pharmaceutical industry to me is like you guys' job is to save people with medicine. Yeah. That's
1: your job. That's the most frustrating thing to me is um, the pharmaceutical companies, like, you know, they're making so much money and they could make, like, even if they did we did have cannabis, you know, they'd lose a little bit of money but they'd still make a bit of money. But they just they don't, they just want it. the they whole, can, yeah. they just want to, t- and because they can't patent it because it's a plant, so they but can't, I mean, like they, they, can patent, synthetics they can patent the way they're doing individual it. cannabinoids, and so mm. that's what they've done, they've the individual cannabinoids, Miranol. and those sort of things, so, mm. um, but they haven't got the, the same, their products aren't the same as our products, so the yeah. black market products, and they know that now, and so that's why they're scared, because they know that even though they have got products, they're still not as good as our black market products are, they're using whole plant medicine. So that's why they're still holding it. Do you it back. mind
0: explaining that a little bit to people that yep. so that people can understand the difference? Because mm-hmm. I know, yeah, there are a lot of people that are looking for C B D oils and stuff like that that think they're gonna get the same yep. stuff. Like what is the difference okay, between so, what you specifically were using? Because you said that you were doing FICO as well as co- yep, as a co- coconut. Co- coconut infusion. Yeah. 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 Do you mind so, explaining
1: that stuff. Okay, so well everyone or most people should know that there are cannabinoids in cannabis, and so there's a lot of different cannabinoids. And so what pharmaceutical companies have done is they've taken the two main cannabinoids out of cannabis, which is the CBD and the THC, and they're making products out of those. And they're putting in some of them, say like in the um, epidialects, um, they're putting some other, like the some of the flavonoids and terpenes and stuff like that, they're, they're putting some of those back in as well. But and cannabis, flavonoids and terpenes. So cannabis is comprised of cannabinoids, flavonoids and terpenes. So they're all different chemical um, compounds that make up cannabis. Um, and so when you make a, a full plant or a whole plant medicine, you get all of those things in it. So you get all the cannabinoids and there's more than just THC and CBD. There's CBG, CBN, you know, there's and they're finding new ones every day. There's hundreds of cannabinoids in cannabis. But because they are... Um, because basically up until now, because cannabis has been legal and it's, uh, sorry, it's been illegal, it's been illegal to research it. So we're only just starting to really learn what's going on. So um, so like I said, so the um, because they can't patent the plant itself, the pharmaceutical companies patent the individual cannabinoids, the THC and the CBD, and so then they make the, the products out of those. So most of the products that are available on the market, people are saying they're synthetic, but that's not true. They're not synthetic products. They're what's called um, isolates, where they have isolated the individual cannabinoids and they're using those by themselves. Okay. So um, what you get in a lot of the products at the moment are isolates. Isolates where they've taken the they've taken all the CBD or the THC out of it and a couple of other things out of it and then put it back in, and so they haven't real they, they haven't got a whole plant medicine, and so that's why we're finding that our products in the black market were working better than the legal products because we were using a whole plant product that had everything and it's what's called the entourage effect, which is when you use all of those things together, all the flavonised terpenes, and cannabinoids all together, that's what makes cannabis the miraculous drug that it is when you start taking bits and pieces of it out of it you're taking some of the some of the stuff out of it, like the best stuff out of it and so right. it's not then able to function the way it would function if it had everything in it
0: yeah it's like using somebody's yep. leg to run a
1: running race yep. when they could use a whole body exactly so that's why we always say to people that isolates are great for individual if you're treating a particular type of condition that you know that isolate will work for that's great but if you're trying to treat something else like say at the moment people are trying to treat cancer with CBD now it depends on what type of cancer it is if it's a hormonal breast cancer then a high CBD well, basically 3 to 1 CBD THC that's the that's what you would use so yeah you would use a lot of CBD but you still need the THC you have to have THC for most cancers um, but if you're treating a normal, t- a normal cancer, you need 3 to 1 THC CBD. So you need lots of THC, just a little bit of CBD. Mm. Um, so it depends on the cancer you're treating as well. So,
0: and that's because THC mimics estrogen, is that right?
1: That's what I believe.
0: Okay, yeah. yeah. I, f- I feel
1: like I've, I've read that somewhere, that yeah. you have to be
0: a little bit careful with estrogen-fueled um, um, So that's
1: why any, yeah, anything that's hormonal you have to be really careful with THC because THC will make it grow and wow, make it yeah. spread. And so that's why a lot of people messed up when they were treating themselves at home and not realising it because they were using high THC for breast cancers and they were spreading it.
0: Wow. Um, and yeah. other oil
1: makers were doing that as well. Oil makers that didn't really know what they were talking about were spreading it by using yeah. that. And that, that happened heaps at the beginning and it was horrible because I would get all these people come to me when they were virtually dead and then come and say, but I've been using cannabis oil, I've been using cannabis. And I'd and I say, what cannabis oil? And then they would tell me and be like, oh my God. Oh God, you know? this is the wrong thing. And oh, so, and that. it just. Very that young. there were so many people in the community that just didn't know this but they were Putting out oil and pretending to be healers, but they didn't know some of the basic information. Yeah. Like another thing, a lot of people didn't realise, and a lot of people probably still don't realise now, is that if you kill a cancer too quickly, you can damage the liver. Because as the cancer dies, the tumour um, sends toxins out. As so the dying oh. tumour, the toxins go through the liver. If you do it too quickly and you're killing the cancer too quickly, and you've got so much toxin going through the liver, you'll shut down your liver, and you can kill the people that way. And it has been people have done that. Oh. They have, um, you know, just done it like just given a massive massive doses of it and um and shot their liver down and Fuck. and killed them. And so
0: this is something that's really important to understand is that like there is obviously the quality of the plant that's grown is important. Mm-hmm. The chemicals that the plant the is strain grown is strain of the plant is, plant important is really important.
1: Yeah, And people don't realise that. They think cannabis is cannabis. But cannabis has lots of different strains and each strain is different and is better for different things because each plant has a different cannabinoid, cannabinoid profile mm. in it. So some plants might be higher in THC, and some might be higher in CBD and some might have heaps of CBG and, you know, so every plant is different. And so that's why you can go to a website called leafly.com which is L-E-A-F-L-Y.com, and they have a resource there where you can basically search your condition and find the plant that will work best for your condition okay. so then you can use that plant in your oil oh, that's great you know you know. can get those seeds grow that plant and use that plant in your oil and you know that that's targeted for your condition because there are a lot of people out there that have used cannabis recreationally before and said oh i felt really bad from it or i got a bad reaction yeah, from it stuff like that. Or yeah. All that yeah and a lot of that hasn't isn't the cannabis it's either the strain of cannabis they were using or in a lot of cases it's the chemicals they were using to grow those plants sure. we know there's things called pgrs they're called plant growth regulators and they cause a lot of problems, and a lot of people use them because they make the plants um, th- like heavier and thicker, and so they get more money for them, basically. So okay. a lot of the people on the rec market, growing for the rec market, will use PGRs. Recreational, that is. Yeah, the recreational labor. market. <laughs> um will use the um, PGRs in their in their cannabis, and that can cause mental health issues. That's that's when people are starting getting the the mental health issues and the you know the paranoia and stuff like that is usually coming from the chemicals. Or like I said, in some in some cases. It might be a strain that's just not good for you. Yeah, high THC strain that your body's not ready to process. Yes, and so like in America, when you go to the dispensaries over there um, and you're looking for a a product, oh, I haven't been there yet because I'm banned from the US, but I have. You're banned. I'm banned for my cannabis use. Oh, fuck. Um, it's ridiculous. I was going over for a um, a conference over there for the Seattle Canacon and um, and I got banned because they found out I had previous cannabis use, so they banned me <gasps> for five years. So yeah, mm. but anyway, so but oh, Jenny, I've, it is the, it's the most wonderful wait. thing. And and my and family is from and Colorado, so when I go back, lucky, it's like, lucky you. It's so fun. But I've seen but, the way yeah. they do it there, and they basically they make you go in and they'll get a they've got all the different jars of all the different um, strains on the shelf, and they'll get them all down and they'll make you sniff them all, and the one that you like the smell of is generally what your body is craving. Yeah. So that's how they get you to choose it. If you like the smell of it and it smells really good to you, it means there's something in there that your body wants or your body's craving. If it smells shit to you and you don't like the smell of it, it's because there's something in there that either you shouldn't have or that your body doesn't need. And wow. so your wow. body will tell you what you need. And that's why sometimes you can smell the same strain over a two-year period or something, and sometimes you might like it and sometimes you might hate it. Wow. depends on what your body's going through and what you need at the time. Mm. And that's one of the best ways they've found to actually choose strains for people. That's cool.
0: That's really so cool. So that's one, one way that. to Oh, so the, of the time... women are supposed to pick partners as well. Oh, is it? Uh, evidently so. Oh, okay. Yes, there was, this is pure bro science that I'm about to share with you. But okay. yeah, there was like an experiment once where they had a bunch of men wear for three days the same t-shirt for three yep. days and then put them into baggies and then brought these women into the room and asked the women to sniff the t-shirts yep. and pick the man that was most attracted to them based on the scent of the t-shirt. Yep. And then uh, they'd pick their people. And then they would genetically profile both the women and the men. And the people, the women, most of the time, most of the time, picked the one that was their genetic opposite. So whatever genetic deficits they had, that person had the opposite. So for breeding. Yeah, so for breeding, we have a sense of smell about us that if we're attracted to that person, it probably means that we'll create the best babies. That's incredible. do you know what's fucking amazing about this? Is that in every study, every time they did this study, there were women that couldn't pick. Yeah. That were like, just seemed to be picking randomly, and they weren't getting it right. They've brought all those women back together to try and figure out what they had in common. They were all on birth control. Oh. Isn't that fucking crazy? That is. So the birth control stopped them from being able to find their genetic appropriate match. Wow. Mm. So, anyways, that's um, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So that it's cool. Yeah, we we definitely don't give the uh, old olfactory system, that no. our sense of smell, at the credit it deserves. Yeah, definitely, definitely not. Definitely not. And the other thing I think that people don't take into consideration when they're talking about drugs, obviously, it's now a lot more common, but is set and setting. If you're Environment, if your family, if everything you've ever grown up with is weeds bad, bad for you, this is bad, you're going to get paranoid, you're going to go crazy, you're going to be schizophrenic, all that shit is the fuel in the back of your mind and yes. with any kind of psychoactive compound, it just magnifies what's going on yeah. inside your head and I've had it all the time because like, I've used... I've smoked weed forever since I was young Mm. and I've always had ups and downs with it. I've always had like weird lulls, periods where it was constantly making me paranoid. And Mm. I was like, I just can't do this anymore. I thought Mm. I loved weed and I hate it, you know. Mm. And then I'd go through other periods where I would be, it would
1: calm me down, make me feel better, clearer, happier. Would you find that those were periods when you were getting a certain particular type of weed? And so during that time when you were getting that type of weed, it was like it obviously wasn't good for you and you and when you trained, changed to a different strain then that changed? Well, no, because I was always just buying it from the dude on the street, you know, like one of our mate's mates or, you know, just some shit like but that. So that, like, that so way you never know, know what, yeah. So no you, no he might have been, was. so in other words, you might have been getting like some strains that were really good and then he might have been getting some scrap, like for say for a period of like a month or two, you might have been getting some really crap strains. Mm-hmm. And so that period you went through where you didn't like weed and stuff like that might have just been that he either had a crap strain or, yeah. you know, because Petro a lot of the time they will, shit. they'll, you know, they'll get like, they'll get a stack of it in and it'll take them a little bit of time to get rid of that and then they'll get another stack in and it'll be different because mm-hmm. they're getting it from everywhere and different people so it's always changing yeah. so that is something that we actually found that people at first thought it was the cannabis but when we like looked into or they thought it was them and the way they yeah. react to the cannabis but when we looked into it we found it was the actual cannabis itself yeah. and, wow. and how their body was processing it so mm. yeah. I
0: I definitely know at least personally that I have a relationship with all things in my life uh, that can be turn unhealthy if i don't keep an eye on it it doesn't have to be drugs it can be fucking anything Mm. that like if it starts feeling like it's contributing to my life in a negative way and i'm losing my way in life and i'm starting to feel gross about it and i i get it very acutely with weed like if i'm smoking weed every single day yeah i'll get to a point where i just feel yuck yeah and then i'm like i just need a break yeah and then I just I'll take a month away Mm. and then I have a little bit again and I'm like oh yeah I remember I like this sensation Mm. I can easily go that other direction Mm. and it doesn't make me feel good and so just having like a relationship with yourself and what
1: you're doing it's all about moderation like everything in moderation and like you know it's like Cannabis is the same. If you go hard at it all the time, then yeah, you're not really functioning properly. You're not you're not coming back to the real world to sort of like deal with things because you know it is an escape a little bit. You know we sort of you know escape stuff with it and it helps us relax and stuff like that. So when we have to be in the real world, it sort of can sometimes be a bit of a shock to the system. Yeah, and
0: I think a lot of the activist community have are whether purposely or unconsciously or whatever, ignoring that that's a real thing Mm. because everybody's like, no, it's just medicine. It's just medicine. It's I'm fine, and it's like. You got to be honest with yourselves and people. You can abuse a people, medicine
1: just as easily as you can abuse yeah, a drug. Fuck people you abuse know what
0: I mean? fucking morphine. Yeah, you know. So that's just Oxygen. insane.
1: Yeah, it's insane to say that that you know that it doesn't affect you in those sort of ways. It does. Yeah, it does.
0: And and be objective. You got to be honest about it because that's the thing I think that's really damaged the movement of trying to get cannabis legalized at least here in particular is that we are in denial of our own shame for mm. relationships with this stuff. You know mm. what I mean? We don't want to see. That mm. possibly this is impacting my life in a yeah. negative way, and it's because I think everybody's attached this to an identity. This is yep. a thing. No, it's a good plant. It yeah. saves people's lives, and it's like it does. But what is it doing to your life right now?
1: Yeah, there's a real problem at the moment with with activists out there that don't want to say anything negative about it at all and refuse sure. to say that there's anything bad about it. And it's like, well, that's bullshit. Like there can be bad things about it. Sure, you know, people can abuse it, and you know, there there are you know cases where you know people have used way too much, you know, and and sort of. Um, you know, they're starting to find now this um, cannabis hyperemesis syndrome which is basically people that are using too much of it and, you know, it starts to affect their body and, mm-hmm. you know, and they have to have a break from it. And so, you know, we can't just turn around and say it's, a perf- it's perfect and there's nothing wrong with it and, you know, stuff like that because we don't know. And when we say things like that, it makes us look crazy. Like there's a guy on Twitter at the moment um, who's written some book and he's a, he's supposed to be best friends with Rick Simpson and he's out there making claims about um, that basically cannabis can cure any disease. It can cure AIDS, it can cure this coronavirus, um, that basically anything that's wrong with you, if you take enough cannabis oil, that it will heal you. And he put a challenge up saying that he would give a million, dollars he bets a million dollars, that if you eat basically half a gram of, of cannabis oil every day for a year, that it will cure anything that is wrong with you. And I just thought, you idiot you yeah. know because it's those sort of claims that make us all look bad and yes. so I went on there and said nope that's not right you know it doesn't cure everything it manages some conditions but it doesn't cure everything it can cure some things but not everything and depending and
0: on the strain and where it exactly comes from, all exactly
1: the exactly process. and so he's putting this ridiculous claim up there I mean he was just saying you know if you have that amount of cannabis it'll. I've, I've given people that amount of cannabis and haven't cured them like there's people with Ellis danlos syndrome and like the autoimmune diseases and stuff like that you cannot cure them you can manage them but you can't cure them do you know mm. what I mean it's something that's it's their body is damaged and you can't fix some damage you can't fix. Like, there are some really incredible things that it can do and we're starting to realise it can do more and more. And maybe in the future, if we learn how to manipulate it properly or learn that there's a cannabinoid in there that we haven't found yet, that might be able to do some of those things. But as we know it, at the moment, it cannot cure Mm. everything. It is not a cure-all. It is something that we need to use in our arsenal, but we still need other medical, like other pharma drugs. Like, people that say that, you know, we should replace every pharma drug with cannabis well we can't do that we can't do that it's not possible to do that well and Um, this is the
0: problem i think with it being this this desperately hidden and everyone there's a huge amount of fact base that it's useful to mm. many things there's an unregulated market where we don't know where the fuck this stuff's coming from who's making Mm -hmm. it how you're making it what chemicals are in it what your life experience is like what disease you even have and where what's going to be good for it all of that all mixed together to keep it, and then also you have criminal sanctions on
1: it. Yeah.
0: All of this is going on while there is a stupid amount
1: of demand. Yep. Everybody wants that, but they and have the no fucking idea what's going And the desperation is incredible. Like, yeah. you've got no idea what it's like it's to have parents storm. on the phone crying their eyes out, begging you to help their children. Like, that's what I experience on a daily basis. People just Jesus. ring me out, like, my child's got cancer. Help me, help me, help me. You know, yeah. brain tumors. Like, this is this is the thing that broke me. Um, when I first started, when I first started helping people back, I think it was 2015 with cancer I rarely had heard about kids like little kids like babies you know mm. you heard about kid toddlers but you never heard about babies within two years of me doing it so by the time just before my raid in 2017 I was getting like hundreds of kids with brain tumors like babies like it started off they were like two, six months old and I was getting just masses and masses of these six months olds with it and then all of a sudden they were coming that was six weeks old fuck and I was like these kids are being born with these things they're not they're not growing these things once they're out of the like they've been born or out of the womb they're getting these things in vitro so what the fuck is going on so I went and spoke to my doctor one day and I said look and because this is when he sort of he knew what I was doing um so he I, I would go and speak to him every now and then if there was something that was sort of upsetting me and so I went to him and I said look I said I can't get over it about the brain tumor cases I said like surely you're seeing this too I said You know, because you get them all before I get them sort of thing, you know. I said, but I'm just getting so many kids with brain tumours. And he just looked so sad. And he goes, yeah, Jen. And I said, what's going on? And he goes, it's everything. Everything around us, everything that touches us, gives us cancer now. Mm. It's in the water. It's in the paints it's in our clothes you know the, the fabrics and stuff they make for us yeah. it's in the air it's in it's in everything yeah. and he said we can't escape it anymore he said you can't and i said what so even if you went like to the other side of the world where there's you know no, like no western civilization you just went in the middle like nut, nah, he said it doesn't matter it's all airborne now he said that's why people in the amazon it used to be that there were like tribes in the amazon and and the um, pacific islands and stuff like that that hadn't had any um interaction with the western civilization and so they were really healthy populations didn't have any cases of cancer Answers and things like that um, until until white men came and brought sugar and, and all the refined foods and stuff like that, and that's when they started developing cancers. But all those ones where they were just separated and there was no one going to it, there was no cases of cancer, mm. now they're starting to get cancer because it's in the air.
0: It's oh, in the air and God. it's in the
1: water and it's leaching in... It's everywhere. And so even the ones that are out in the middle of the nowhere that you think can't even be touched by this, they're getting touched by it. Fuck. I, um, I interviewed a, a cellular
0: biologist when I was back mm-hmm. in America, um, and she said... It's amazing to me
1: that we don't all have cancer. It is. That's how and strong. We probably, cancer is. we probably all do. We probably all do. In some sort of shape or Fuck. form, we just don't all realise it yet. And we're all yeah. just starting to find out, you yeah. know. And so and, and some of them just lay dormant in your system for ages. So it's in there and it's sort of growing in it but you don't really know it doesn't it's not doing anything yeah. to show itself just yet. So and so, what you were kind of finding because this is kind of a scary thought. It's like there's a
0: six-week-old baby. How the like? Because obviously, the first question that pops in your head is like, "Oh, giving them a psychoactive compound, how's that going to fuck up their brain development?" You know, like we talk about not giving kids up to the age of 18 while their brain's still developing mm-hmm. any kind of mm-hmm.
1: psychedelic or any kind of um, psychoactive
0: thing. W- like, how did that? And that's sit wrong. With you?
1: and that's wrong. Yeah, because okay. one one of the biggest misconceptions. Um, I had two products so I had a coconut oil which was a very low THC it was more THC-A than THC but the feco that I made the full extract cannabis oil or some people call it Rick Simpson oil but Rick Simpson doesn't like you calling it that unless he's made it himself because it's not Rick Simpson oil unless he makes it so it should be called feco But that was high THC. And in the cancer cases, the kids with cancer, they were getting the high THC oil. But, and so this is the misconception, people think if you are going to use a high THC oil that you're going to get stoned, but you don't. You can use a high THC product, but you use a low dose of it and have no effects of it whatsoever. So we all have a sweet spot. So basically we start off at a very low dose and just keep in increasing it you'll get to your sweet spot where it'll fix whatever your whatever the problem is it'll help your pain it'll whatever and you know that sweet spot because you you get results straight away as soon as you go above that sweet spot that's when you get high okay so if you stay below that high point if you stay in your sweet spot your sweet spot and you don't increase it until you have to like until you know that's not working anymore and then you increase it sort of thing if you just work slowly like that you will have absolutely no effects whatsoever okay. so i had a crap load of kids on a high THC product and not one of them ever got stoned. Wow. And most of them were going to school and interacting and a lot of them actually improved Mm. so especially like say with the epilepsy kids and stuff like that even though it was a a lower dose thc they were still getting thc in this product Um, they were going to school and they were getting better they were waking up more and they were um you know becoming more interactive at school and um you know whereas everyone would be thinking that they were spaced out and that they would start withdrawing Mm. into themselves it was the opposite they were coming out of themselves wow and we found with a lot of the epilepsy kids because it was reducing the swelling on the brain It was waking them up. So we had a lot of kids that were non-verbal. And like eight years old, never spoken, never spoken, never been able to communicate, never even been able to make eye contact that are now tracking with their eyes, making eye contact. Some of the kids have started speaking and some of them have been so good, they've gone back to school. Wow. And this is from a high THC or a THC based cannabis product. Wow. Because this is the misconception. Everyone just immediately hears THC or high THC and they think, oh, you're going to get stoned, you're going to get stoned. Well, no, you're not. You're right. not if you're using it responsibly. If you want to get stoned, yeah, you take more than you're supposed to, you're going to get absolutely ripped. Yeah. And a lot of people did that with mine. That, that's how I sort of found out the people that were actually genuine people and the ones that were just trying to get stoned mm. because they were the ones who were always taking the higher dose than they should have taken, you know. Mm. So they were going above their sweet spot just to get high. And it's like, well, no, there's a difference there, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I can use... Um, I can use, like, I can smoke cannabis and get high from that and get the head effect from that, from smoking it. Um, or I can use a lot of oil and get that same sort of effect. But I don't. I use um, when I'm using cannabis oil, I'll use just enough to be able to take my pain away and get that edge off. I'm not. I don't want to get stoned from it. If yeah. I want the stoned effect, then I'll go and have a cone later and, you know, get yeah, that, yeah, get like that stoned. You know, it, yeah. if I'm wanting to get stoned. But um, if I'm just wanting to use the oil as a medical relief. I don't get stoned from it. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that's a huge misconception, I it think, is. for a lot of people. Especially and- over the kids' thing. And the other thing is, um, what you sort of said about damaging the, the brain, that was thought for a long time to be the case that cannabis damaged the um, developing brain. There was a study done, done just recently, they've that realised that's not true. Wow. It's not true. Mm. So it can, it can make people lazy. Yeah, unmotivated. Unmotivated, get a fog so you can't think properly. But it doesn't Do you think mean... that's a
0: dopamine thing? Because yeah. I've heard that that is the case with dopamine, with an imbalance of dopamine in your system, which is mm. usually caused, especially with opiates in mm. particular,
1: is that the coming off of the opiates causes like a major yeah. lack of And we know motivation. that because everyone's got different levels in their bodies. So yeah. that's why some people react in ways and some don't. So that's why you get some people that use cannabis all the way through their teenage years, never had any effects whatsoever, like me. I used it when I was... Mm. I wasn't, my, all my brothers and sisters were drinkers and I looked at that and went, oh, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah. So I was yeah. a smoker um, instead. So I smoked through my teenage years and it certainly didn't hold me back at all. It didn't, you know, mm. I, I was getting smarter, you know, as <laughs> I was using it. So um, so it's definitely a misconception. And, and like I said, now they've actually had a study that's broken that myth because um, basically there's, and it's the same with the schizophrenia myth, they've broken that one as well because they can tell by the increases in cases. So in other words, at the moment, because it's been legalised, um, there's probably been at least a 40% rise in people smoking cannabis. Whereas there's been absolutely no rise in mental health cases mm. or children, like children's mental health cases and stuff like that, they're not rising either. So if if cannabis was the problem, yeah, all of those things would be rise. rising at the same time, but they're not. Yeah. There'd be some sort of correlation, but there's nothing. So Yeah, it, the
0: thing that I've, oh, I've only ever heard about the schizophrenia in
1: particular is that um, if there is an underlying
0: susceptibility to schizophrenia or psychosis, there... It is under there, Mm. regardless. And that could be because of trauma in a childhood, whatever. That thing, there's a million reasons why you could possibly have that dormant inside there. Any trauma at all, any traumatizing event, like falling off a horse or getting too stoned or having
1: somebody you love die or getting punched in the face, whatever. Can set it off. Trigger it. And they do say that cannabis doesn't cause schizophrenia, but it can bring it out. Sure. But it's a good thing because it's bringing it out earlier and you can be treating it because when it's lying dormant, it's still affecting you, Mm -hmm. but it's just not affecting you in a big enough way for you to be able to do something about it. But it is still affecting you. So if they can bring it out, and if it does bring it out a little bit quicker, then that's a good thing. But it's not causing the schizophrenia, it's just showing yeah. it, do you know what as I mean? As long as they've got but support to manage it, yeah. But then it's treating it as well. So then they're also using it to treat the schizophrenia afterwards as now well. Now they are? Yeah, they are. They're oh, using, really? Yeah, they're using now oil. cannabis. Yeah, well, fighting the right strains, that's what it's all about. Wow. It's finding the right strains to treat schizophrenia, to treat mental health issues. They're treating Alzheimer's with it. They're treating PTSD, as you know, with it. Yeah. Um, they're treating a lot of the brain dis- disorders with it now. Mine, um, the cannabis oil, the coconut oil that I made, was fantastic for depression and anxiety. Mm. So using the cannabis oil, uh, sorry, the cannabis with the coconut oil, um, because they have both um, something called lauric acids, and they both have both have medium chain, a lot of chains. A lot of um, different substances have long chain, and so if you can put a medium chain and a medium chain together, they they connect better. And okay. so cannabis and coconut oil are both medium chain. So when you put those together, they connect a medium better. medium chain fatty acids. Yeah, and so yeah. then they just react in such a um, a much better way. Mm. Um, and so, like I said, they've just found that they're just incredible for like. Um, depression, anxiety, and those sort of mental health issues. Um, So, you know, whereas they've been sort of blaming it for a lot of those things, it's it's not true. And so, like I said, it's easy to blame something when you don't know any different. Yeah, yeah. But when you know different, that's when we have to start Changing. Yeah, they also
0: used to fucking put leeches on our body to suck poisonous blood out of yeah. us. Like, we've had some stupid fucking ideas in our life. Yeah. And I get it. Like, I understand why people are hesitant to jump on board with some wacky thing, especially mm. if half of the population's sitting there like, nah, it doesn't affect me, man. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. they're fucked. Yeah. It's like, well, I'm not listening to you. I'm going to listen yeah. to a doctor that went through 12 years of school yeah. and he's telling me I need to take fucking yeah. radiation therapy And see, or this is the
1: other thing that annoys me as well is, like, cannabis gets blamed for a lot of dickheads basically yeah. because people are like happy to admit they use cannabis but they're not often willing to admit they use other drugs so if you say to someone sure. hey you use cannabis they're going to go yeah because they know everyone's going to say oh cannabis that's alright if they say hey do you use meth do you use heroin do you use coke or anything like that they're going to go oh no, no I don't do that shit don't mm. do that shit sort of thing you know mm. but they do Mm. But then everything gets blamed on the cannabis. So their behavior, their mental health or whatever, it all gets blamed on the cannabis because that's the only thing they're admitting having. Yeah. When they're actually having a lot of different other things, yeah. but now the cannabis can't blame for it all.
0: And they're not taking into account, obviously, like whatever that person's history is, all yeah. of the childhood yeah. fucking chaos Trauma that's gone on and in whatever, their life, yeah. whatever the fuck is like. Because mm. nobody actively poisons themselves on purpose. No, no sane, uh, healthy individual, animal or otherwise, yeah. is actively putting poison inside their body. Yeah. on purpose they're doing it.
1: it to treat pain
0: and that yeah. pain is deeply and ingrained. that's what we
1: find most people we sort of say pretty much all cannabis use is medicinal because that's why people use it you know they use yeah. it because it makes them feel better yeah. it makes them relaxed it makes them feel better and it's mm. the same with um, alcohol alcohol is medicinal as well in a way mm. people use it medicinally you know it makes them feel better it makes them relax it, you know that's yeah. why people have a drink people wouldn't be drinking if it didn't make them feel better right Do you know what i mean yeah so, so what it does have it yeah. does have benefits, like I said, but you know, obviously the alcohol, the bad stuff outweighs the good stuff. But with the mm. cannabis, it's the other way around. It's like mm. it's just it's good and good and good. Yeah, as long as it's being as you long know, as it's used be, properly. You, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: man. Um, so you you had this I do I don't know if I'm allowed to ask you how you make the cannabis oil on here because I think well, either way, I suppose I could ask you how you make it. And if I,
1: no, cause I say I can... it. I, I tell people readily. I don't care. people
0: yeah, I, I don't tell know. How to I don't know it. what
1: the law is on that. I think, but... you, I think you're not supposed to. You're not supposed to say it publicly. But I've done it everywhere. I've, yeah. I talk about it everywhere. So,
0: what was the process you were doing to make the coconut oil?
1: Coconut oil is easy. You just take. Um, um, I was using a liter of coconut oil to an um, a ounce of cannabis. So either full buds if you want a really strong one, but you don't really need to. It's just a waste. But you do a, a bud and leaf mix, just a bud and trim mix, um, is strong enough for most things. Um, so you basically just take your ounce of cannabis, you grind it down as much of a powder as you can so that it f- infuses more. Just chuck it in a liter of coconut oil in a slow cooker for on low heat for 24 hours. Strain it.
0: That's it. Wow. And this, and you were saying before that it contains more THCN, so you
1: are possibly not decarbing a lot of the. So, because it's on a low THC. heat, it's not fully decarbing. So, you're getting lots of THEA still, lots of CBA. All your precursors are still so there. Yeah. So, um, all of those precursors are still there, but you've got a little bit of THC, a little bit of CBN, a little bit of those other ones, a little bit of CBG, a little bit of CBN. Mm. You know, you're getting all of those other ones as well. Wow. Um, so, you, that's why you just do it on a low heat. If you, like a lot of people say, um, we will decarb the cannabis first in say the oven or something like that but you do that you're completely decarbing it all and it's a waste i'm oh, sorry so, but for people that don't understand what i just said then i just realized um, decarbing is
0: short for decarboxylation which is removing right. a carbon group off of the THCA acid that mm-hmm. is non-psychoactive that's when you right. remove the thc acid off of at
1: the end of it it becomes thc which gets you high that's so right this is why we smoke weed is that yeah, we have to you have to heat it up to, it up to, get, to get it to the high yeah, point yeah. a lot of people have a misconception if you eat cannabis because 'cause it's raw, that you won't get high from it. But people don't realise that the heat in our stomach decarbs it in our stomach. Yeah. So that's why you can still get Quite stoned off of it, eat- and that's why animals get stoned. Like, you see oh, a lot of right, animals. Yeah. Well, if it's if it wasn't going to get you stoned, if it was all THCA and wasn't going to get you stoned, then animals wouldn't get stoned when they eat your plants and stuff like that. But yeah. they they get quite stoned when they eat raw cannabis. Oh. So it's because your body naturally decarbs it as well. So but it would um, just be much less. Yeah, it just I and know, it just yeah. takes longer. And yeah, yeah. Um, so like I said, sure. it's just it's a misconception that you know that eating raw, you're just getting all THCA. It doesn't. You still get some THC, hmm. uh, but just not as high level. And there's still major benefits to doing mm. that,
0: like juicing Oh, plants amazing and stuff benefits. like this. Yeah, amazing benefits. And this is the crazy thing about it too, like uh, it makes me feel a bit fucking gutted when you think about all of the plants that are being created, and then people are just ripping the buds off and throwing all the rest of it away, and it's like, oh my oh, god, ridiculous. no. Put yeah. it in juices, cook it down, use yep. it, because you can use the it roots, for... The
1: you, roots, you make um, balm out of the roots, mm. so that, that you can't really, you can't um, have them orally you can't use the the um roots orally because there's some toxins and things in them but you can make balms out of the roots mm. um, the stalks and the other leaf and stuff like that yeah you can make other products out of those you can make edibles wow. and stuff like that you just have to like i sort of say to people when you're when i'm giving them my recipe it's like i say um one liter to one ounce of cannabis or one and a half ounces if you're using trim As well. So, if it's um, if you're just using pure cannabis, then you do one to one, one liter to one ounce. But if you're using shittier cannabis, then you just use more cannabis. Mm. So, you know, say if it's like really really crappy stuff, then you want you're not obviously going to get the same same level sort of thing, but you're still going to get a really good product out of it, even though you're just using the crappier weed. You just have to use more cannabis to the to the one and are you liter. worried
0: about the chemicals that are being used on the plant itself that are being grown? Like are you,
1: obviously oh, you, you've got to be very cautious oh, of that. Of so like and where you're getting this from exactly, is really important. Exactly, yeah, right? that's really important to me and I know exactly where mine's coming from. I, knows what, I know what they're using. Um, I've checked it out myself and checked out the products they're using to see whether or not they're organic or whether they're, you know, something yeah. I need to worry about. So yeah, that is something that extremely How I was do people go about
0: doing about. that? Like is there any telltale signs that somebody can look at if they're getting not product? Really. If, no, not nothing. really. Well, I mean the
1: PGR you can usually tell because that's so obvious because it's, um, for a start, how to tell PGR weed is that it'll be really, um, really hard and sort of like rocky sort of buds. Um, It won't be sort of fluffy and light like normal cannabis looks. It'll be really dark, like a, a dark brown colour. It'll have no smell. And mm-hmm. when you smoke it, it just gives you a headache. It doesn't really get you stoned. Okay. So that's how you know that's PGR weed. But yeah, the, the usual, the biggest sign is no smell. So when you break open cannabis and smell it, you should get a really nice smell to it. If you get virtually no smell out of it, then that, that's just chemicaled out of it. You know, okay. they've just. They've just... Put everything through. Oh, that's really good to But know, it, is okay. re- it is really hard to tell when you're buying from a recreational market. If it still looks okay, they could be putting something in there that you don't know about. So mm. I tell people the only way you can be absolutely sure is if you know the person who's growing yourself or if you grow it yourself. Yeah. And that's the same with oil. Like a lot of people ask me where to go to get oil, like where to go on the black market to get oil. And to be quite honest, I don't like, ref- like I don't like giving re- uh, referrals to anybody because unless I've had their products personally myself, not only had their products, but know where they're making them, how they're making them, what they're making them out of, I'm not going to put other people onto them because I don't want to make anybody else sick because I know, I know for a fact there are a lot of oil makers out there that are making really, really bad products, mm. really bad products. Some of them aren't even out of cannabis, they're just out of hemp. And so there are some products out there that are supposed to be CBD that have no CBD in them whatsoever. There's some that are supposed to be THC that have no THC in them whatsoever. Mm. So this is the thing. The only way you can know for sure what you're getting and what you're putting on your body is to make it yourself. And that's why I tell people don't even bother trying to buy cannabis oil from the the black market anymore. Try and buy the cannabis yourself, at least then, because you can then look at the cannabis. You can see yourself, whether it looks like it's been, you know, had chemicals put through it. And then you've got a better idea of what you're getting out of your oil when you make it. But mm-hmm. when you've got somebody else making it, you don't even know what cannabis they're using. You can't have a look at the cannabis to see whether it's any good. Yeah. And there's a lot of oil makers that won't even tell you what they're using or how they're making it. Or So if anyone's like that, if they refuse to give you any information about their products, then do not use them. They've got something to hide. The same way there's a lot of people out there that um, won't have theirs tested, like they refuse to have theirs tested. That, to me, is also a warning sign. Um, so I had the time that i was doing it i had mine tested several times by several different places and organizations and things and i always willingly had mine there was at one point a journalist wanted to test all the black market oil makers just to make sure we were all doing good stuff and i was the only one that willingly sent my oil in everybody else had to they had to get there sneakily like through somebody or whatever but i was the only oil maker in australia that willingly sent my oil in to have it tested wow. and that's got to tell you something mm, yeah you know, if they don't want it tested they're scared they're worried about something Mm. And that, to me, you know, that's a real, real concern. Yeah, you know, if, sure. If they're not willing to have those tested, then they shouldn't be selling them. And do you think the resolution for this is regulating? It has to be. Yeah. Like, as much as I hate legalisation, like the whole, you know, government having control over everything, it's the only way to make it safe.
0: Yeah. I because we actually so. did,
1: we tried to do a black, our own black market one at one point where we got all the oil makers together and tried to say, okay, let's come up with a, a standard and let's make sure everyone's doing the right oh, yeah. thing and a price, standard price and stuff like that, but no, all the dodgy ones just just stuffed it all up for everyone so wow. I was, there was a big meeting that I was invited to and they didn't like I flew all the way to Nimbin like flew to Gold Coast and then went down to Nimbin to have this meeting and they excluded me from it because I knew that I was going to basically point out all the dodgy ones and say right, this is what I this is what we need to do and stuff like that and they didn't want to do it so they just excluded me from the meeting completely Ugh. and when I realized it was like you guys don't you're not serious about this So there's, you know, a lot of them say they want standards and stuff like that, but they don't really because they know they're not doing the right thing themselves. But they have to say in public, oh, yeah, we want standards, we want standards. But when it really comes down to it, they, like, deliberately do nasty little shit to stop it all.
0: Damn. Yeah, that's scary. And you think that probably one of the main things of stopping that regulation, like going through the
1: government, is the big pharma lobbying. Oh, definitely. You think that's the biggest Big pharma, in in America, when it came through in America, big pharma estimated that they were going to lose 20% profits. Like, they knew cannabis was going to affect the business. They estimated a 20% loss. They had an 80% loss. Wow. 80% of people immediately went off opiates and went straight to cannabis. Wow. Wow. And so it was a massive loss.
0: And right now, with them going on and on and on about fentanyl in the U.S., they're trying to pass another regulation through fentanyl, which was the same shit that they passed in the fucking 70s with Reagan, mm. where they're trying to increase, uh, no, sorry, it was um, in the 80s when they were talking about uh, higher, higher penalties for crack versus mm-hmm. cocaine, and it was purely mm-hmm. race, racially yeah. fueled.
1: Yeah. But it always is.
0: It's fucked. Mm. They're trying to do it again with fentanyl now in yeah. the U.S. So they're trying to say that if you get caught selling or with possession of fentanyl now instead of heroin, mm. that there's a higher um, yeah. penalty, yeah. a crime penalty for it. But the problem with that is is a lot of the dealers... Don't know which one they're fucking getting,
1: yeah,
0: or are playing dumb about it. But you know, a lot of the dealers at the low level, the ones that are actually getting arrested for this shit, are tiny they little players. They don't, they don't know what know. the fuck's going on. Yeah, they're just they're just like yeah.
1: And the big players are just using the The big players are, just big players are sitting up here
0: yeah. with the fucking government. Yeah. And I'm not trying to get all conspiracy theory on it, but that's that's what it it's looks like. It's not conspiracy the theory, like and that's... this
1: is what this is why we've got to get everybody to stop saying it's conspiracy sh- theory shit because it's not. We've proven it. Mm. It was supposed to be conspiracy theory that they were donating money to the political parties. It's proven now. It yeah. is proven they are doing it. It was conspiracy theories that they were over prescribing and paying doctors off and everything it's proven now yeah. they're going to jail in america and in europe they're going to jail these heads of these pharmaceutical companies are going to jail for some of the shit they're doing yeah. um, just recently the guy that did, the fentanyl guy he's just gone he's just got 66 months Fuck. in prison for, for what he did to, to and push the opioid crisis. So all of this stuff that they were saying was conspiracy theories isn't conspiracy theories. It is fact. Yeah. Pharmaceutical companies have a lot to lose. And like I said, so they expected to lose a fair bit in America. When they lost 80%, they realised, holy shit, this is a lot worse than we thought. And so it had already come through in America. There was nothing they could do about it there. But it hadn't come through in the UK here or New Zealand. So they thought, right, OK, that's where we get our efforts yeah, go. So that's down. why these we were the three that they all the money went to and it was like we can't stop it in America well, we can stop it there and wow. so that's why they're putting a shitload of money to try and stop it in, in our three countries to try and slow it down a little bit more To because they know they know what's about to happen because it's so obvious this is the thing that I, I've never I cannot fucking get and
0: obviously while we were doing a, a lot of the activism shit while I was going to these rallies and stuff it was like every conversation you're having with the politicians with anyone around they're halfway kind of saying oh yeah we want to kind of have a rem- regulated market but I'm like what I don't understand is how you guys can't see that it's working in the United States for everybody. They like can. they're still
1: the same human they beings. They can see. As they are here, they, they just know won't it's do it working. Again. They know it's working. They know it works for what we're saying it works for. They know the people want it. Mm. They know all of this stuff, but they're getting so much money from. The kickbacks that they're getting, that they're just not willing to do anything about it. That's so it's, and so we don't even know the other shit that's going on. Like I, I've had suspicions. I've been told this, but I can't prove it. I haven't been able to back it up with facts because nobody wants to nobody wants to give you proof of it because they don't want this coming out. But we've been told that a lot of these politicians have basically been told, you just do a, do what we want you to do now, and when you get out, you're going to have a nice cushy little job, just like they're doing with the coal industry and stuff mm. like that. That they're saying to some of these people, you do what what we want you to do now, and we're going to set you up once you're out because we can't do it while you're in Parliament. But whilst you're out, when, we, when you're out and you're a private in the private sector, we can give you anything. Do you know what I mean? We can give you anything you mm-hmm. like, sort of thing, you know. And we think that's what's happening and we think a certain health minister has sold out somehow. Because yeah, um, Greg Hunt, I sat with Greg Hunt in his office, showed him videos of kids using cannabis oil and saving their lives. Um, he had tears in his eyes and he said to us that he'll do everything he possibly could to get access immediately. And then just after that was a vote for the Category A in the Senate um, for access. And um, and basically, so we were just thinking, yeah, that's going to go through, no worries. Greg Hunt actually sent letters to all the senators telling them to vote against it, made up some bullshit that it was going to destroy the Australian market and we have to protect the Australian market. And so that wasn't the best way to go about it. And there's a different way that we could do it but not that way sent letters to all the senators fucked them like completely sucked them all in and they all voted against it and it didn't get through and we were all devastated like we could not believe it and we were abusing the fuck out of all these politicians because we thought they were supporting us and shit and so so I just I just like the ones that were friends of mine I messaged them and said like what the actual fuck how dare (laughs) you you know I thought you were fucking supporting us and then so a couple of those ones leaked me the letter from Greg Hunt
0: Oh my God. And showed me,
1: and because I got them from, like, I got two, two different letters from two different MPs, uh, like, um, senators, so I knew that they were definitely, it, he'd done it to everyone, because mm. it was a standard letter, it was just the name was just changed and that sort of thing. So I the, leaked that to the press and let them print it. Wow. And proved that he was actually just bullshit. And so when all the other senators found that out, they were fucking angry, like, really, really angry. Mm. Um, and so um, it sort of got put off again a little bit, and then. This is something that people don't know. I don't tell this to a lot of people because I don't think I ne- that I need to know what I had to do with things. But um, then I did a um, I did a live at one stage, and um, a certain politician saw it and thought that I was going to kill myself because I was just so upset about the whole situation, and everything. So they brought it up again in Parliament again, wow. and it had a revo and it went through. Oh, thank God for that. So, yeah.
0: um, I mean, and that's the thing. I think a lot of people that like doctors, people in the medical field, pharmacies included, and Politicians, I think, at the initial outset, all of them are like, I have a core drive to do good for people, or for myself, or a combination of both, right? Yep. Like, I I want to become a doctor because I'm going to make a lot of money, I'm going to have yep. respect in my community, but also I can help. I people? Help people. Yeah. Politicians, same shit. But I think like that's the problem is that once you get into these environments. It's you, and I was saying this to a friend of mine the other day. I think there's like two types of people that are motivated, ambitious people, right? Ambition, I don't really like using that word, but motivated Mm -hmm. people, right? I think there are one group that are self-improvers. People all the time. They're just trying to trying get to be better. better as a person, yep. and whether for their own good, for other people's good, whatever, it's not it doesn't really matter. They're just trying to improve themselves constantly. These are people that are open to suggestion, open to ideas, yep. constantly learning, doing their own research, testing, trying, doing, yep. acting, yep. and then there are ladder climbers. And the fucked thing is, the ladder
1: climbing gets you farther in a circus. You get further. Yeah, you get better doing you know I mean? the ladder climbing. I don't, I don't do the ladder climbing, and so I'm, I'm not right, getting anywhere yeah. at the moment. I've been blacklisted from the cannabis um, industry, so I've basically been told by the government I won't get a job in cannabis in this country. So even though I'm one of the most experienced people, I'm probably one of the best people to have in a cannabis oil industry. Nut, nah, I've been completely blacklisted because I was naughty and I did it before I was allowed to do it. Yeah. Sure. But even so, with the new regulations that they brought in, I wouldn't have been able to let it do it anyway because anybody who's had any experience with cannabis is a cannabis user, cannabis whatever you can not work in the cannabis industry. Yeah. Which is insane. What like some of the best growers we have are, you know, our cannabis growers on the back market and they're never ever going to get a chance to get into the industry because they're good cannabis growers. Yeah, How fucking they have ridiculous the is fucking that? Experience. Yeah, you know, stupid. and we have some amazing breeders, some amazing growers and they're never really going to get a chance because of the regulations at the moment. So we're going to try and change that. Yeah. Well, that's good, man. I'm glad
0: that you're doing it. And obviously the families and the people that you're helping and well had helped before you <laughs> start. It's, you know, it's just one of those things, man. Like, we're grateful that there are people like you that are out there doing this shit. And the more people that can know how to do it, help themselves, and try and get this word out, the better, I guess. And it's like, th- with all things, good things come in time, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And it fucking sucks that you spent three years in court fighting
1: a charge. Mm-hmm. Luckily, likely you got off on at the end, which yeah. is so good. And that's another thing I'd like to sort of talk about as well is, like, a lot of people are out there sort of saying, I can't make it myself, I want you to make it for me. So we're taking all the risks for these people. Like, grow if you grow it yourself and make some just for yourself, you don't get anywhere near as much trouble as I got in for trying to help all the people that I helped. Mm. So... You, they're basically putting it all on me you know or, or the other oil makers it's like well I don't want to take the risk of doing this because I don't want to get in trouble but I'll let you take the risk of it I'll let you have your life destroyed I'll let you have to take all the brunt of everything because I'm too scared to do it mm. well this is what people need to start understanding is that there's a lot of oil makers out here especially the ones like myself that were doing it compassionately that aren't willing to take those sort of risks anymore when people aren't willing to like, to come to the rallies and, and fight for us. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, when it came to my court case, not a lot of people actually came to to my court um, appearances and stuff like that because they didn't want their faces being shown and stuff like that. And it's like, OK, so it's all right for me to take all the crap. It's all right for me to take all the brunt of all the, the shit, the legal stuff, the media stuff, all of that sort of stuff, because you don't want to have your face out there, but you want me to give you the oil to heal you and make you better. So people have to stop... Um, expecting everybody else to take the risk for them and they have to start taking responsibility for their own healing I was Mm. sick when I did it I was fucking sick when I did it but I still did it for myself Mm. and I made myself better
0: well and that's the thing too like yeah with this this is a fucking stupid thing too like that we don't None, nobody uh, is able to take responsibility for ourselves because we don't trust ourselves mm. we have got a p- pathology in our community, my, uh, this entire culture, myself included of like constantly deferring decisions to other people because mm. I don't trust myself, mm. I don't trust that I am capable, times- the only way
1: to learn shit is to Try. Yeah, well see that I turned, I was like that. I didn't like you know, and I wanted somebody else to make it for me, I was a bit worried about making it myself. Sure. But now the now that I've made it myself, I've realised that's the only safe way to do it. Like I don't want anybody else making decisions for me anymore. I don't want anybody else making oil for me anymore. I get heaps of people offer to give me oil, and it's like, nah, it's okay, you know? Because I don't, like, I I can't trust anybody else like I can trust myself. Mm. I know exactly what's in mine. I know exactly how it's made. I know where it's come from. I know where the plants have come from. I know everything about my Mm -hmm. oil. And that's why I was... um, I was happy to give it to other people because I trusted it and I knew it was OK. And I, that's why I didn't mind having it tested because I knew it was OK. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had confidence in my oil. But I don't have confidence in anybody else's. So I'm not willing to to risk my health um, because God knows what somebody's giving you and what they're putting in it. So I'm sure. not going to risk that, you know. I'm going to take that responsibility myself. And yeah. I'm glad I have now because it's, it's changed me in a lot of different ways. You know, I was. I was I was letting other people make decisions for me. I was letting other people lead me, you know, in different ways. And now I've I've changed. Now I'm leading. You mm-hmm. know, they, it was everyone was like, oh, you know, here's an opportunity, here's an opportunity. Now I'm going to make my own opportunities. Yeah. You know, all these people promised me things that they could help me and do things like that. It's like, no, 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 they've all fallen through. I've realised now I'm the only person that can I can rely on and that I can trust and that I need to be the one to step forward and do all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And once you get that, to, once you get to that point that's when everything changes in your life because that's when you realise that you do have the power instead of giving the power away to somebody else and thinking mm. that, oh, this is happening to me and this is happening. It's not happening to you. You're creating this, whether sure. it be you're, you're, not a victim. Whether you're manifesting it, whether you're thinking that this is going to happen. Like people that are constantly thinking badly all the time and bad things happen, and I know I was doing it because everything my life was just one constant bad piece of shit after another. It was just constant rolling, bad, 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 bad. Mm. And I was thinking, fucking hell, my life is so bad and it's all, all this bad shit's happening and, and it was creating more and more of it. Mm. But then you have to get to the point where you think, yeah... You know, and that's what's happened, you know, in the last, you know, few months since the conviction, like the no conviction and um, and and the court case all being over and everything, I've realized that, you know, bad shit is gonna happen, but if I keep thinking bad shit's gonna happen, more bad shit's gonna happen. Yeah. So you have to just try and get yourself out of that and that's taking so responsibility. Cool. Yeah. yeah, that's very cool, man. Yeah, it we really just have is. to stop being so fucking serious
0: about everything, Serious right? and precious. Yeah. And, 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 ex- and taking shit on like it's our identity. Yeah. Man, what a great conversation. Thank you Thanks. so much for doing this for Oh, me. thank you for having me. Um, So interesting. And I, obviously I've been watching what you've been getting up to for the last five years, four years since I've been, been <laughs> watching well. this. And I'm, I'm glad you're doing it, man. And I'm Thanks. sorry for all the fucking shit that you've gone through but it is it's i think you know and uh, obviously as you're dealing with it it's worth it for what mm. you're going to be able to turn yeah. this into and for the sake of helping the people that you're helping and over time this will
1: get legalized it has yeah. to it's well, I know that to. like it's, it's a hard job legalization and, and pushing towards legalization and it, and it opens you up for a lot of attacks from you know different people and um but i know that this is the only way to make everybody better because Mm. Like because I was giving it away for free, everyone knows now that the only reason I was doing it was to make people better. You know, yeah. to make people well. And that's all I've wanted out of all of this all along was just to make everybody better, to make people well. Yeah. And so the whole legalisation. And the whole legalization thing is a way of being able to make everybody well. Because at the moment I can't help everybody in Australia, just myself. But if I get it legalised, then they can access products through the recreational market and treat themselves medically using recreational products because they're just the same, they're They're exactly the same, it doesn't matter whether it's recreational weed or what label it's got on it, it's the same weed, it comes from the same place, do you know what I mean, it's just it's just it's been put into these categories to try and make people feel different. But, like I said, if we can get it legalised, if we can get recreational through, if we can get it through completely and utterly, then people will be well. And that's why I do it. Because Mm. then I can sit back and I think, my job's done, I don't have to help anybody anymore. They can all help themselves and they're not scared anymore because it's legal to do it and they don't have to be worried. And and so that's why I'm doing it. Because one day I want to sit back and just see everybody well. Yeah, yeah. And happy. See the change. Yeah.
0: Well, cool. Good luck, man. Thank you. (laughs) We'll keep fighting. Yeah. Well, again, that was Jenny Hallam. If you want to hear more from her, you can uh, find her on Facebook at Jenny Hallam or Instagram at Jenny underscore Hallam. Thank you again for listening. If you like this podcast, please share it with people you know. You can support it at Patreon.com, whatever you like. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you again very soon.